Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wanted to ask you about uh, Josh Heupel's talent evaluation, particularly because I'm looking at McAllen Castles, and I think that he is is very good. I think Keenan Pilly would have been good. Mm-hmm. But if you talk about the transfers that were brought in and some of the players that have been brought in, there seems to be a question about talent evaluation with Josh Heupel. What are your thoughts on, on talent evaluation and what he's brought in, particularly with this incoming transfer class? Yeah. And you're talking mainly the transfer portal. Is that what you're aiming at? Yeah. And then we'll probably widen it to just overall, but particularly with those guys, I mean, I think we all thought, well, a lot of people thought Dante Thornton was just going to be Jalen Hyatt part two. And that hadn't happened. That's the poster child for a mistake. Dante Thornton's not good. In fact, D. Williams is better than Dante Thornton, and they still need to use D. Williams on offense. I'm gonna beat that drum until they finally do it. Um, <laughs> and they they also um, the I think that there's a mixed bag. That one really stands out. Uh, there was a linebacker that came in from Texas named Mitchell. They thought was gonna be really good. He wasn't very good. They brought in a couple of them that probably didn't fit their culture either. If I were now the first year he was plugging holes. I get that. Uh, the second year, he was more trying to define people that can make an impact. And the same with the third year. I think it, I think overall, it's been pretty good because a lot of those guys have contributed. Uh, Campbell at tackles contributed. Gabe Lolly in the secondary is a decent player. Not great players, but decent players. Uh, Thornton, to me, stands out as a, as a mistake. And so does Mitchell, the linebacker from Texas. I, I think otherwise they've done all right. Uh, I don't know. I haven't evaluated everybody else to see what their percentage is, but I think his percentage on players who have been either starters or pretty good players, I think it's, it would be over 70%, which um, I, I guess is okay. Yeah. I think back in, back in the days when I spent too much time covering recruiting, um, it was, it was usually 50, 50, guys would pan out and guys wouldn't out of a 25 man class, 12 or 13 would be good. And the other 12 or 13 wouldn't. I actually think there's an issue right now in football. And it's funny. It goes right to what I'm about to talk about, which is with Tennessee, which is, I think one of the problems is one of their biggest misses is Dante Thornton. The other one is Andre Carrick at left guard. And I, unlike Thornton, I don't, I, I think Thornton is just lazy and doesn't care. I think Carrick is actually one who's just not that good. And I wonder if, and I think that's one of their issues is they don't have any help at left guard, which is why they couldn't get the push on fourth and one. But 
we've talked about for a while. Do you think they're having more success with players at lower levels that shined than they are with players that couldn't play at other big name schools? I I want to echo that and say I think that's going to be the trend in the transfer portal as a whole, Jimmy. I think you're going to bring guys up. Why would you leave a Texas if you're good there and you're getting NIL money? I mean, to go to Tennessee, I don't know. Maybe you're getting more NIL money. <laughs> I, I don't know what I don't know what his money was at Texas. I, I don't know the answer to that. The question is a really good one. I haven't researched it. So I'm I'm sitting here trying to think of all the players that have come in. They brought in a guy from Mississippi State, Javante Payton. He didn't he didn't catch a lot of passes, but he caught a lot of touchdown passes, percentage versus uh catches. Uh Valus Jones came in from Southern Cal. He was really good. Um, so, and then they brought in Costello from Stanford and he wasn't, um, I, I, off the top of my head, I think of a mixed bag of success, but then I look at one of the best players, uh, in my opinion, in the sec, Ray Davis came from temple, went to Vanderbilt. Now he's at Kentucky and he's really good. Uh, that's a guy. And I consider temple obviously a smaller, right? So this guy in Vanderbilt, <laughs> so this guy, is uh, is upgraded his situation. I think there's a lot to be said for that. I know that uh, that a lot of times you look at a guy that might have played at Brigham Young and say, hey, he was pretty good at Brigham Young, and we know that he'll be successful. And I think Peely would have been had he not been injured. But uh, I do like the idea. There's a running back at South Carolina that's doing really well. His name is Mario Anderson. He came from Newberry. In the first game or two, he did nothing. And then they started giving him the ball 20 times a game. And then since then, he's averaging like over 100 yards from the line of scrimmage. He's a pretty good football player. I think it makes sense to do what you're suggesting, and that's to take somebody who's been really good at a smaller school and is still real hungry. And you take him and bring him up to a higher level, he performs well, and that increases his value for the NFL. I remember Jacob Warren telling me that uh, McCallum Castles uh, was stunned that they they had uh, uh, an open eating area and that they didn't have to cook their own food every night. And he was so excited that he was just like, this is amazing. And he immediately put on like 10, 15 pounds just in the spring. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you get there and you're appreciative. I don't know that Dante Thornton is appreciative. And I know that he really shopped himself in terms of getting uh, the best deal he possibly mm -hmm. could. And I think he probably feels like he got the the money that he needs to to live for quite some time and uh, he's going to find out when he's in his 30s that you know a hundred thousand dollars or whatever the number is isn't going to get you through the rest of your life well let, uh, on a just uh an overall view if you think making nil money is better than nfl money uh you're not very smart if yeah. you had if you had come to a program and then you produced and got drafted and played in the NFL for five years, that's a whole lot more money than you're going to make in a, on an NIL deal in college. So if that was his thinking, that wasn't very smart. No, and John Calipari has a great line. He said, you're tripping over nickels uh, instead of making millions. When he's oh, I thought you were tripping it. over thoroughbreds. Tripping over thoroughbreds, yeah, that's right. You know what or, they get in Kentucky? Yeah, or or – or, or hair gel. <laughs> um, Jim, I wonder with, <coughs> pardon me, the, the personnel thing, 
is is Josh Heupel too stubborn? Because you've mentioned the D. Williams thing and the Dante Thornton thing, and I feel like that Joe Milton's being shoved down our throats just a little bit, and um, I just feel like he doesn't want to be wrong publicly at times with some of his personnel moves. Am I crazy to think that? No, I I, um, I think he is a little bit stubborn. I think a lot of good coaches are a little bit stubborn. Uh, there's one that coaches the Patriots right now that's pretty stubborn too, isn't he? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, probably a little bit. Um, the thing that you have to do, though, is that not every suggestion that comes from fans of the media is stupid, okay? So I think sometimes you have to sit back and say, you know, that's a pretty good point. I'm not going to not play this guy just because people in the media or fans think I should. So I, I I think that sometimes coaches do get a little bit stubborn. Uh, it, and this goes back to where this guy told me, and I don't know if it's right or not, but he said Hyper went for that fourth down after the Joe Milton thing because he was mad at the officials with making a bad spot. That's not a reason to go for fourth down. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think a little bit, but I, I don't think that's unlike a lot of coaches in the game today. Yeah. And GM, uh, since you brought up Bill Belichick. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. think of I think of Dave's favorite team, the Cowboys, uh, Tech Shrim, I think was the best GM in football for 20 years and was so arrogant in the 80s that he basically did himself in because he thought he could find anybody out of high school at that point. I read a story about Tech Shrim, so I know that as a student of history. Well, and, and, and they got, I mean, they'd go get a basketball player. Was it Mel Renfro? And it becomes a really good NFL player. They would go out and get, they uh, well, they had... Uh, they, they signed several people that were not really good college players and ended up being pretty good players in the NFL. But you don't want to you don't want to bet your house on that. Right. No. I, 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 Bill Bates would be a great example as well from from Farragut. Um, uh, yeah, I, it, it it's interesting to me to dig your heels into the sand. I mean, I think everything should be fluid. Uh, in ter- in terms of personnel, now I'm not saying if a guy has a bad game that you bench him, but Jimmy, if if in the off season, Nico looked as good or better than Joe Milton, then I don't see any reason why he shouldn't start the season. And for people that say he's too thin, hey, I you and I both stood next to Casey Clawson when he started this first game against Alabama. I could have bench pressed that guy. Peyton Manning was pretty thin too his freshman year. So, yeah, uh, and I, I don't know – you may have better insight into that, Dave, than I do in, in talking to some players, but I, I don't – the ones that I have talked – the people I have talked to say that Nico is not quite ready. Okay, now what does that mean? Uh, part of it is you have to – this offense requires an awful lot of reading by the quarterback. He's got to read the defense and be on the same page as the receivers reading the defense as well. Uh, he's got to be able to read on the zone read, which I still think is a predetermined call most of the time for Tennessee. So there's a lot of reading involved with what he's doing, and there's making sure you got the pass protections as well. Uh, and and is he accurate? From what I've heard, he's a pretty accurate passer. I, he's a better runner, I think, a more natural runner than Joe Milton. I think he's going to be a star. Um, so the aversion to playing him right now, maybe because he's, quote, not ready, whatever that means, but I've heard that from several people. But my goodness, if you if you lose to Kentucky, I'm not sure I'd want to make his first start against Georgia. <laughs> uh, no. But but I, I would certainly look at maybe a Connecticut uh, if if I know that my season is headed in a downward spiral. The other thing you have to evaluate a little bit 
is that this is Joe Milton's team or the players going to revolt? I don't know. Um, if, if if Nico comes in and plays well, nobody revolts, right? Or they shouldn't. No. Uh, so it, it, I think that's a tough call for a coach to make. With the, going back to the Peyton Manning thing, that wasn't a tough call at all. He had injuries. He had mm-hmm. injuries to Jerry Colquitt. He had injury to Todd Helton. Helton didn't really want to be the starter anymore. And so Mil- so Manning gets elevated uh, and, and has a battle with Brandon Stewart. So that wasn't a decision, oh, we're going to bench this guy for this guy. No. Uh, it's more similar, and we've talked about this, to Kelly Bryant at Clemson getting benched for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I would definitely defer. I'm glad you brought that up about the Nico thing. I would definitely defer to you on that and what you've heard, because what I've been told is that he's ready to go if he had to, but that, and this isn't coming from players, he's ready to go if he has to. However, they love Joe Milton, and they're not going to make a change, even if it were close. That's That's what I was told. So I would defer to you if you think if you've been told he's not ready. I, I think there's a lot of truth to the second thing you said about Milton. I, re, I really do. And but again, if, if you're if you're starting to head toward a seven and five, why not give him some snaps? Here's the other thing too. Um, so I know Caleb thinks punting's overrated. I wonder if giving him a few snaps late in the season's overrated because I heard a lot when Manning was a quarterback. Man, they got to get T. Martin ready. And T. Martin didn't hardly play at all because they were trying to build up Manning for the stats, for the Heisman Trophy. And then T. Martin comes in with a very much a lack of experience and wins a national championship. Now, to me, the difference in that was look at the team that T. Martin was surrounded by. Yeah. He didn't have to carry the load like Hendon Hooker, or Milton, or Nico will have to end this offense. So I, I see that as a difference. But I've, I've heard the argument about, well, T. Martin didn't get any experience. He won a national championship. But uh, we'll also have to say, too, T. Martin was also, yes, he had a loaded team, but that was a rough situation. Not only did he have to take over, but that was probably the most brutal start to a schedule Tennessee's ever had in 98 because they had to play Syracuse, Florida, and Georgia, like two top mm-hmm. 10 teams and then the Big East champion. And the biggest champion on the road. I mean, like, and Martin didn't play well until about the second half of the Georgia game that year. Yeah, and and what he would do, he would make a big play, like against Syracuse. He took off and ran for what sixty-four yards, but he didn't. When you evaluated the game, he did not have a very good game. I, that's true. Um, so yeah, it, it took him a while to really hit his stride as a Tennessee quarterback and become consistently good. Uh, even though he would make a, a big player, a key play here or there. I mean, the Florida game, I forgot his stats, but he, his numbers, I, I think I'm right about this. I think he threw for like 65 yards in that Florida game. But he threw that touchdown pass to Peerless Price where he lobbed it up in the end zone. So, yeah, I, I agree with that point about Martin. It did take him a while before he hit his groove as a quarterback. 